welcome to this week's episode of the Life Dead Podcast. I'm your host, John Yorm, and let's get talking about some Star Wars, but first, let's do the business. In the business this week, you can visit the blog at mystarwarslifedebt.wordpress.com. The main link is uh, currently not working, so just use mystarwarslifedebt.wordpress.com. You can find us on Facebook, just search for My Star Wars Life Debt, and you can join the group. You can follow me on Twitter, at BloodyOrm, B-L-O-O-D-Y-O-R-M-E. My Star Wars Life Debt is also on Instagram, so just search for My Star Wars Life Debt on there. Um, MyStarWarsLifeDebt.tumblr.com as well. Yeah, we're all over social media currently. Um, and if you'd like to contribute to the blog and the podcast, please visit Patreon.com forward slash MyStarWarsLifeDebt, where you can sign up for a $1 tier. And... We've also got bonus podcasts uh, on mystarswarslifedebt.bandcamp.com. And if you really want to buy some merchandise, head on over to redbubble.com forward slash user forward slash lifedebtpodcast. And now, on with the show. Let's take a trip to the collection corner, folks. And it's a good one. It's a real good one. I have literally, 20 minutes ago, just booked tickets for Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim 2020. Unfortunately, due to a, due to a prior commitment, um, I wasn't able to kind of jump on and get tickets ASAP. Um, so I had to kind of wait. Uh, I took a quick... I was, we were out for a meal and on a, I went to the loo and had a look to see what the situation was and I mean by this point the Jedi Master VIPs had already been sold out, they went in minutes I guess, uh, that didn't bother me, I wasn't going for those, I was aiming for the four day pass, unfortunately halfway through the meal, um, it, uh, I, I, had a t- went to the loo and uh, I saw that the four-day passes had sold out as well and I was like oh kicking the balls but we got home and I uh, quickly went on and checked uh, was able I got in the queue st- you know I went on I was straight in there in there to buy tickets and I've managed to pick up day tickets for Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Unfortunately, the Saturday passes had all sold out, um, but I am not feeling deterred. I'm not feeling like gutted because there will be opportunity to pick some, pick up a ticket at some point, hopefully. Um, so um, I'm not worried, but. The main thing is, I am going to Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim next year. I have tickets. It's, uh, it's a massive thing. I am so excited. I'm so happy. Um, I really can't wait to go. I can't wait to meet up with, um, with you know, all of the all podcasters who I listen to who will be there. I can't wait to meet them. Uh, I can't wait to kind of get in there. I can't wait to experience it. Um, It's been far too long, in my opinion, since I was at Celebration. Um, And I just can't wait. 
uh, it's going to be amazing. Um, so yeah, uh, now it's the uh, now I've got to sort out where I'm going to stay for a few nights and sort out flights. But once I'm, you know, I don't have to worry about flights for a bit because they're uh, they haven't released those yet. But um, you know, I've got to get on there and book some, book a room or two. Well, book a room, maybe two. You never know. Just to, on the off chance that. <laughs> something goes wrong but it won't because I'm going to celebration can't wait so happy it's like a relief like coming home and you know being able to uh, being able to um, book those tickets was just fantastic I, I'm so like I'm so happy I'm so relieved I was able to get something um, three days out of four I'm not going to complain and like I said there's, there'll be opportunities closer to the time to pick up a Saturday ticket as well so I'm just so happy um, and incredibly thankful that I was able to you know get them. so yeah there we go there is the collection corner um, I think this is the happiest I've sounded um, for a long time. I mean, not. I'm not saying that I'm miserable doing the podcast or anything like that, but, like, I am totally buzzing right now. Ah, oh, I'm going to celebration. Like, I know last week I said I was, but, you know, I did You know, it's like, is there any guarantee, you know? Is there really any guarantee until you have the tickets? Well, I got them. I've got them, uh, and I'm picking them up when we get there because I'm not paying... $30 in shipping when I can just pick them up when I get there um, so we shall see we will see ah oh, so pleased so pleased um, so yes uh, I am going to put a pin in it there and um, and then yeah put a pin in it and then I'll um, we'll jump on to another segment possibly celebration related so um cool thank you and speak to you in just a second so i'm going to just uh, attend to a little bit of business um as i said last week i'm going to start celebration in anaheim and in the run-up to doing that i'm going to do some extra Patreon things to kind of entice uh, new members. Um, so what I've um, ended up deciding to do is I'm going to add another tier. Um, and that's going to be a $3 tier, which I will be uh, starting, well, that will go live uh, around mid-July. Um, so in mid-July, I will launch the, the launch this $3 tier, and the extra perks that uh, members of that tier will get are a weekly bite-sized podcast dedicated to Star Wars Rebels, um, and that will be, each each week will be a new, another episode, so I'm going to go uh, episode by episode on Star Wars Rebels. Um, 
then um, as I said last week in the um, clutching corner I was trying to think of something to do in regards to the Tanta V4 Lego set that I received and what I will be doing is I will do a bag by bag uh, video uh, blog series that will be um, Patreon only. Uh, so um, those two perks will be for the three dollar tier, as well as a thank you at the end of each episode for members of the three dollar tier. So if you sign up to the three dollar tier, you will be getting. Um, the usual bonus content, the Funko Pop video, the um, Lego uh, podcast, the um, guaranteed emails and the thank you on our supporters page, as well, um, as, well as the new content that is the Tantive for Lego. Now that will be a limited run uh, because there's only so many bags in it. But, um, once that's finished, I will look to do something else, um, but that's dependent on, kind of, uh, what, you know, interesting content that I will be able to do, um, but, uh, definitely, you know, it's definitely going to be a run on that, on that set, um, and the weekly Rebels, uh, bite-sized podcast, which be a quick rundown of the episode, and thoughts and feelings on the, on, on the episode itself. Um, so yes, like I said, that will go live mid-July, and, uh, so you'll be able to sign up for mid-July, and, yeah, so there we go. That will, uh, I'll just about do it. So that's all over at patreon.com forward slash my Star Wars Life Debt. And um, yeah, I uh, hope to see you there very soon. Uh, Mark Hamill <coughs> has confirmed uh, in an interview with Slash Film that Luke Skywalker will be returning as a Force Ghost in. Um, the Rise of Skywalker. Now, in the interview, he also said that he uh, they, they asked, "Is it you know, is this it now for Star Wars for him?" And he says he hopes so. Um, you know, he had closure with the Last Jedi, and the reason that he's back in this one is because Jedi can become uh, can return as Force ghosts. Um, so. Do I take this as complete confirmation? Uh, no. Mark Hamill has been known to troll the fans. Um, I think we all know that in some capacity he will be a Force Ghost, but there's so much speculation that he'll uh, return from the Netherworld of the Force, uh, be corporeal, things like that. Now. Personally, I think he should stay as a Force Ghost, and possibly if they go down the route. Now, I um, there was an article written by Star Wars Shadow Council that had a bit of a deep dive into old, like the old drafts of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and 
what they what they discovered was that if you read the original draft of Empire Strikes Back, Yoda and Luke have a scene that is incredibly reminiscent and almost in places um, direct uh, a direct copy of what we get in the Last Jedi in the first lesson between Rey and Luke. Um, so, if they are to go down the route of, let's take old ideas and kind of make them, make them canon, I suppose, um, in Return of the Jedi, during his, um, well, during Return of the Jedi, Luke has a conversation with Force Ghost Yoda, and he's basically, he's asking Ben for help. Yoda appears before him and says, Ben can't help you because he's almost become one with the Force. Like, his consciousness is almost gone. It's almost, you know, he's fully transferred to the Force. Um, but only Luke's... If Luke let go of his anger and... You know... If he lets go of his anger and, and he, Ben could come back... So, later on in the film, Luke is on a little island in the middle of a lake of lava, presumably in Palpatine's um, uh, chambers or, like, the Imperial Castle or whatever they were planning. And he, um, he wakes up and he turns around and sees Ben, and Ben is corporeal, and Ben will help him fight Vader and the Emperor, whilst Yoda appears as a force ghost and is like, I will help, what I will do what I can. Now, in the article from Shadow Council, he put that uh, he would love it if you could see kind of a, um, if, you know, Luke returns corporeally, and Anakin returns as a Force ghost. Now, I think that would be interesting, but at the same time, because it's the because if they're taking on Palpatine, I think it would be much more uh, poignant and fitting if Anakin was to return corporeal, and Luke remains the force ghost because there's a lot of because like Pal, basically Palpatine and Anakin not Vader Anakin have a lot of unresolved issues <laughs> uh in a way um Anakin was meant to destroy the Sith or bring balance to the force now if we go by George Lucas's um interpretation of balance of the force that means the sith are destroyed and it's only light so is it possible that if anakin was to return and then take down palpatine once and for all would that be him truly bringing balance to the force just a thought um and all that came from Mark Hamill saying, 
Force Ghost. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. Um, do I believe that it's confirmation, it's full 100% confirmation? No. Uh, because that could just be how they are playing it. I mean, this is J.J. Abrams. This is the guy who basically told everyone that Benedict Cumberbatch was playing a guy called John Harrison um, for months during the making of Star Trek Into Darkness. And, oh no, he's Khan. So, because more so that it's a J.J. Abrams um, film... I'm speculative that there'll be some differences in what people are saying. Um, so, we'll see. Um, we'll see. Uh, in the near future, <laughs> hopefully. Um, so yeah, that's it for this segment. Uh, I'll be jumping onto something else in a second, so please hold on. So, I've got a uh, little Parenting 1138 uh, uh, update. Um, so, uh, over the weekend we had a couple of uh, cool moments with Emma. Um, so, uh, I have a, I got for my birthday a um, doormat with Darth Vader on it that says Welcome to the Dark Side. And... Uh, we just we were coming home. Like I took her to the park yesterday, and we were coming home, and she um, she looked at Vader's face, and I said, "Do you know who that is?" And she was like, "No," and I said, "That's Darth Vader," and she went, "Darth Vader." Um, so I was very pleased with that. She's uh, learnt a new name. Um, she has become even more in love with a Kylo Ren uh, Funko Pop vinyl. Which is ace. Uh, I think it's hilarious. I'm, but I am worried when when she's um, when she's having a tea and it's and she's using a fork and we're trying to tell her, you know, how to show her how to use the fork properly. Uh, my wife says to her, you know, it's a stabby food. It's stabby food, and she shows her how to stab the food. Um, it makes me worry for obvious reasons. She loves Kylo Ren, and now she's learning stabby. Terrifying. Um, so yes, there was. There's that. And uh, the other morning, now this was. This really was like. This came out of nowhere. So um, she. We'd gone downstairs. Uh, my wife was like getting up. Getting up. Um, I had Emma, and she was. Uh, I turned on the TV and put the Amazon put the Amazon Fire Stick on, and um, I don't know what she saw, I don't know what kind of kicked it off or anything, but she pointed at the TV and said, Luke. Now, the only Luke that she knows of is Luke Skywalker. So I said, do you want to watch, do you want to see Luke? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Um, so I put on... Um, Forces of Destiny. That was it. And there's that Luke episode where he's um, doing Jedi training on Dagobah. And she loved it. And then when the episode finished, it kind of came back onto the main menu. And 
there was a couple of episodes of it with BB-8 on the picture, and she was BB-8, BB-8. So we watched the BB-8 episodes, and then she wanted to watch uh, Anna and Elsa, so we put Frozen on. But yeah, she came downstairs and she wanted to watch Star Wars stuff, so I, I felt very, very pleased uh, with with that. So yes, um, her training is going well, it seems. Um, so yeah, there we go. That's, uh, that's Parenting 1138 for, for now. Uh, so we'll jump over into another segment in just a second. Uh, so I will see you then. So we've actually got a quite a bit of live debt banter uh, this week. So um, I'm just going to jump in to do some emails. Um, it's been a really good week for live debt banter. So thank you to everyone who has emailed and sent voicemails in. Um, but I'm going to start with the emails first. So first up, we've got a question from the guys at Star Wars Sessions Podcast. Um they say, Afternoon Johnny, with all the hoopla being thrown around regarding Mark Hamill's recent comments and his history with wanting the OT gang back together, if Lucasfilm finally found sense and said, Johnny, we need you, and they tasked you with writing the sequel trilogy about the adventures of Luke, Han, Leia and all, what would your trilogy look like? What, what would happen and how would it end? Keep up the good work, mate, and see you in the stars, Matt and Luke. <laughs> well, honestly... Uh, if they were to do, if they wanted a another tri- another trilogy, I would actually do a trilogy set in the thirty-two years between um, Return of the Jedi and um, the Force Awakens. Um, just you know, just to. Because I love the sequel trilogy so far, um, and I don't want to get rid of it. So, um, I think it would be kind of more Luke-centric. Um, and it would be... Luke. I wouldn't see the adventures of Luke and Ben. So I think they could... There could be something... Like they could, they you know, could be part of like their Jedi artifact hunt. So you could kind of have like a Indiana Jones esque feel. Um, so you know, you've got them kind of going around the galaxy, hunting these relics, and some, you know, you know, it wouldn't be like. A full galactic issue, you know, and if it was a full galactic issue, then it's easy for them to get past because you know, we know that there wasn't masses of, uh, you know, we didn't have, you know, as we found out from Bloodline, you know, the galaxy's been relatively peaceful, so it's kind of be off their radar a little bit. Um, but you could probably have Han and Leia joining them and helping out. Um, R2 would obviously be with them, so you'd bring in 3PO and get the gang together, but you'd also have Ben as well. And kind of like, so you'd 
you know, you'd get to see kind of his relationships with Luke and Han and Leia. And I think that trilogy would be really good and it would end, the trilogy would end um, with, um, and the other thing that we would see is Ben being seduced by um, Snoke. But it would be early, very early, kind of like, you know, Ben would be kind of like, you start, start him off when he's like 12, 13, and finish the trilogy when he's about 18. So there's still some time for, you know, I mean, like, he doesn't turn till he's at least 26. So you could even have it, like, have the trilogy finishing in his early 20s. But you kind of want to... So Snoke is trying to manipulate. You could have, like, some Dark Force user appear and you know that being a part of what him and what Ben and Luke have to deal with and but through their dealing with that it kind of gives Snoke a bit more of an in with Kylo and I think with Ben Um, because I know there's rumours of a book about Ben but um Kind of don't want to see that. I want to see it. I want to see it on screen. I thought that instead of Resistance, we were going to get like the Adventures of Luke and Ben cartoon, but I was wrong. <laughs> um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we get that book. But I think that would be my favorite. My, my idea for a trilogy, kind of like have a a slow build, like some sort of not quite on the f- you know kind of in the outer rim where the Republic isn't really prominent um have it kind of happening there so you know it's not interfering with like too much of Han and Leia but you have Han and Leia involved in some way you know because you want to get the gang together for it in that kind of time period if that's what people really want I think it would be fun but personally I think the way they've gone with the sequel trilogy is absolutely fantastic it's the way it had to go Haters gonna hate. So thank you, uh, uh, Matt and uh, Matt and Luke. Um, great question. So next up, we have got Adam Murrell, and he asks um, if you could have one person come back as a Force ghost in an upcoming Star Wars movie that hasn't shown up yet in the franchise as one who in the franchise as one, who would it be, TV shows included? Um, Kanan. I would love to see Kanan show up, but I don't know in what... in what context. I don't know why he would show up. Um, If some... I mean, okay, uh... I'm, if there are any spoilers here, I'm sorry. I haven't finished Alphabet Squadron yet, but I know Hera's in it, and Hera's like, been a prominent role, and I know we're getting two more books, um, you know, two more Alphabet Squadron books. What if Kanan came back? Oh, no, he's asking about movies. 
Kanan. I would love to see Kanan. Um, first off, I'd love to see a live-action interpretation of the character. I think that'd be pretty cool. And... Um, you know, how would he appear as a Force ghost? Like, would he have his eyes? Would he, would, would, would his eyes be there? Uh, would it be the short-haired Kanan or long-haired Kanan? Um, I don't know, but I think Kanan would be pretty cool. Um, so yes, Kanan. That would be cool. Um, thank you, Adam. Um, great question, sir. And welcome to the club. I don't, you know, I don't know if you're a, uh, I think, you know, welcome, welcome to the Life Deck Club, because uh, it's good to have you. So, I've got a question from Brandon from the Clashing Sabres podcast. Um, hi, I'd like to know what Star Wars opinion you've had that changed across time and what changed it. Look forward to hearing what you have to say, Brandon. Ooh, what opinion? I think this is a pretty easy one. Um, so my what opinion? What styles opinion have I had that's changed over time, and why? My opinion of the Jedi has changed. Um, my opinion of the Jedi started like, you know, I mean, as a kid, like the Jedi were, you know, what we heard about them, you know, they were amazing. You know, they were the good guys. They were the the light side. They were fighting. They were fighting evil, and you know, trying to bring good to the galaxy. And and then, as I got older, you know, as a kid, I wanted to be a Jedi because they had lightsabers and they were cool. And then, as I grew up and I got older, and like, so it, it didn't click for me in the whilst I was watching, like during the releasing of the prequel trilogy. And I didn't watch the Clone Wars properly until uh, 2015. Um, so as I'm watching the Clone Wars, and you know, as as I got older, like I think I started to say to my wife because like we'd end, we'd sometimes have geeky conversations in which I would talk about Star Wars, and like you know that Mace Windu isn't great, you know that's pretty obvious, but. And like Yoda saying, you know, about the Jedi becoming overconfident and stuff. But then when you get into the Clone Wars and you see the decisions that the Jedi are making. And, you know, you get like characters like Pong Krell. Who has seen this, has had this vision of what could ha- what's going to happen. And so he has this distrust of clone troopers. Um... But he essentially starts to fall to the dark side. And, you know, the Jedi, like, the infallible Jedi that, you know, I grew up with, believing in weren't so infallible. Like, there was, there, the, you know, the role of the Jedi was not what you believed it to be. They were the, everyone says that they were guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. But no, were they though? Is that what they really were, or were they just, um, like, the special, like, the FBI of the Republic instead of the police? You know what I mean? And then, as I, you know, as I continue to get older, you see the corruption of the Jedi, like, um, and, and I, I was saying this to Sarah, like, she was saying, like, she one, one day she asked me, 
would you you know if you were if you were in like the Star Wars universe? No, that was it. That was it. There was a con. We had a. Con- I came up with this idea. I had this idea, and I wanted to run it by someone, and there was no one I could really talk to. And she, and she says, "I'm pretty good at talking about Star Wars." And I'm like, "Yeah, you are, but like, I can't have the conversations about the ethics of the Force." And she was like, "Okay," and that all stemmed from you know the ethics of the Jedi and like their their the way that they were meant to be and what they had done. And, you know, their portrayal in the clone, you know, as they, as the Jedi devolved in the Clone Wars, you know, it was, I don't even to discuss it. And then, so they changed, that, that was my opinion that was changing. Uh, and then I watched um, one of the Star Wars show episodes with Kevin Smith, and we're going back a few years now, and, um... Like, he'd had a chat with Dave Filoni, and, you know, he was like, oh, you know, prequels are good, but, you know, not really my bag, my cup of tea. And Filoni says to Kevin Smith, he's like, just look at it in a different way. Look at it as the trilogy where it's about the Jedi failing. And I kind of turn around to, like, no one in particular, and I'm like, vindication! Because, like, you know, I kind of, it was like, it felt like my opinion had been somewhat validated, by Dave Filoni, even though he hadn't heard my opinion, but he had voiced, um, he had voiced my theory in a way, um, so I was pretty happy about that, uh, so yeah, my, my viewpoint of the Jedi is the thing that's massively changed over time, um, so yeah, there we go, thank you Brandon, uh, for that great question, um, I love your podcast. Uh, Clash of Sabres is fantastic. Um, really great content. And the same about um, Star Wars Sessions. It's a great podcast. It's out every Wednesday. And it's really, really great to hear some fellow Brits on the uh, on the Star Wars podcast wavelengths. Um, so that's it for the emails. Uh, so I'll be back in a second and we'll do some voicemails. So we have a couple of uh, voicemails um, from both of the uh, guys from Jam Transmissions. So uh, I've flipped a digital coin, and it's Peter up first. So let's hear from Peter from Jam Transmissions. Hey there, Johnny. It's your buddy Pete. And I'm just getting off of work, so you'll have to forgive any of the other noises it is raining like gonk at the moment and um yeah you were, you were calling for some questions to be sent in uh for your show and i've been thinking about a couple of things today that the first was actually about the tuscan raiders i've just been thinking about the sand people uh the first half of my day and just thinking you know seriously what do they look like underneath all that burlap sack? You know, like what? They're just walking around like a sack of potatoes, man. Like I, I understand like the thing about them is that they're supposed to uh, more or less like it is bad for them to like share any aspects of their flesh. It was just wrong for them culturally for whatever reason. But 
you know, you can't help but get the sense that they're also still like, they've still got plenty of room to grow as a civilization. Um, obviously, like we learned a little bit about their uh, culture from a certain point of view and canon. Uh, but I guess I haven't really heard anything about what they are like underneath all of the covering. Um, I was wondering if you knew anything about that from some EU stuff. Um, the other thing I was thinking about, uh, if you have nothing to really say about the Tuscan Raiders, is I wanted to pose this question to you. It's something that we asked on uh, our show a while ago. Uh, actually, really early on, just me, Josh, and Eden were sitting around back when we were still recording on uh, this this phone I'm recording on right now. Uh, it was if you were born, say, well, let's say, let's say that you are your age now, uh, say 15 years after Empire Day, and you were, you know, you had the choice to be a rebel, be an imperial, be a pirate, be a smuggler. If you really did a little bit of soul searching and thought about your place and who you are now, what would you be in that galaxy far, far away in that setting? And um interested to hear what you have to say about all that. Sorry I was rambling. I mean, you know how it is when you're driving. You got to watch out for these fools. So, anyways, hope you have a good show, my friend. And may the Force be with you. Uh, thank you, Pete, buddy. Um, look, you, you, we got to drive. We got to drive. I mean, uh, listen to the last however many episodes of uh, Life Dead and the, uh, and the voicemail I sent you guys last week. Um, so, Tusken Raiders. I think they're pretty much... I think they're like a... Um, I don't know if you've read Phasma by Delilah S. Dawson. Um, uh, I'm not going to kind of go into spoilers in case you haven't. But... Um, is a very Mad Max vibe to it, kind of in their world, and I want. I kind of part of me wonders if that's the same for the Tuscan Raiders, except just a bit more primitive. Like, um, maybe they, as a I mean, culturally, they 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 wear their um, they wear the burlap sacks and everything, um, as as tradition. Um, you know, as and as protection from the sun, well, the suns on Tatooine. So I think, um, personally, I think that they are human, but probably, you know, they, you know, they're not technologically, they haven't kind of reached the same kind of technological appreciation as the rest of the galaxy. Maybe they... You know, they, they were the first, one of the first kind of settlers on Tatooine and um, and ended up, you know, kind of... Uh, sorry, the cat's just getting in the way. Um, maybe, yeah, they're probably like early settlers of Tatooine and they've evolved with the planet and their way... And then their tribal culture has just ma- is, is maintained. And... I think that could be what, um, kind of where they're at. Uh, it's been a long time since I read from a certain point of view, so I can't really remember too much of it. I remember, was there, a, there was a cry at dragon, 
uh, they, they had to like go and hunt a cryet dragon as a um, rite of passage. I think that was one of them. Um, I think, uh, I can't remember... I never finished listening to it, but I, I did listen to some of the audiobook of Kenobi by John Jackson Miller, and there was a lot to do about Tusken Raiders in that. Um, I can't really remember much of it. It was a few years ago, but um, what I do remember it was very good. So uh, I know it's not canon, but that had a re- that had some really good stuff on Tusken Raiders, so that's well worth a read. Um, you know, on that uh, on that subject, um, <laughs> and if I'm my age now, fifteen years after Empire Day, what faction would I be? I think. <laughs> Um, I think I would pro you know I'd, I would end up I'd probably be like grunt level or like kind of mid level imperial um kind of along the same kind of lines as Eli Vanto maybe um, really because I just like I'd have the hopes and dreams of being a rebel or a pirate probably not a smuggler too risky. Um, but at least with a pirate, you're with a bigger crew. <laughs> and, you know, it wouldn't be unheard of for you to leg it if trouble got, if trouble found you. Um, I'd like to be a part of Hondo's crew. That'd be cool. But I think I'd end up being an Imperial, just for the fact that I wouldn't want to rock, <laughs> I wouldn't want to upset anyone, I wouldn't want to rock the apple cart, and, you know, I'd just be like, right, look, job's a job, get it over and done with, but I don't want to be a stormtrooper, because I don't want the mindless killing, um, speaking of which, so, yes, stormtroopers, uh, actually, no, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna s- send you that instead, I'm not gonna do mine on this podcast, I'll send you some stuff, because I listened to you guys' show, uh, the day, today, uh, and it was like the <laughs> shots fired between me and Anthony, not really, not really, love you Anthony, um, but yeah, like the different, the difference of opinion, I, okay, sorry, I'm gonna do it here, um, I completely get where Anthony's coming from, but I wonder if, so like, yeah, they, they've, you know, the, the, the empire, they, they controlled the galaxy by, you know, by through force, um, but, uh, you know, the t- I think probably early, the early iterations of Stormtroopers, so, like, the clones and, like, the first few generations of Stormtroopers, like, the first, probably for, like, the first 10 to 15 years, you know, as the Empire is consolidating its power and taking over planets and systems, um, probably at that point, yes, the Stormtrooper training was probably a lot more intense. By the time we get to the original trilogy... I think because there was, you know, the original trilogy stormtroopers we get, they are shockingly awful. Um, they could be rebel sympathisers um, who don't want to shoot the rebels and basically are just firing in their direction. Um, but what if, like, the training is just so lackadaisical by that point because the Empire is in control? The Empire controls the majority of the galaxy. There's you know, at that point, they also believed the rebellion to be, you know, pretty much. I mean, like by the time we get to a new hope, the stormtroopers have, um, not the stormtroopers, the rebels have won one victory, 
you know, it's their first battle. You know, it's their first. It's like the 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 full Rebel Alliance. It was their first battle, whereas before it was like pockets of insurgencies, like Phoenix Squadron, um, the Donner's Squadron, uh, Saw's Rebel, uh, Saw's Partisans. Um, so it was like the first major victory of the uh, the Rebels was, you know, just before. It was literally like two days before the Death Star blew up. You know, they had two massive victories, but there was nothing much in the run-up to that. And it wasn't until... I mean, like, yeah, okay, we can say that, you know, the, there were rebels from day one, but probably none of them really posed much of a threat. So, like, the as the Empire takes a stronger hold of the galaxy... The need for like crack shot stormtroopers um, probably wasn't there, so maybe the like like uh, the training just became, you know, very poor. You know, they basically got told how to hold a blaster, how to shoot a blaster, and which direction to shoot and follow orders. You know, um, so. That's probably why an in-universe theory, that's my in-universe theory of why Stormtroopers aren't so great by the time we get to the original trilogy. Um, So yeah, it's kind of like, I agree with Anthony, I completely agree with him, saying that, um, you know, they would need to have this formidable fighting force to take control of the galaxy, but once the Iron Grip is there, once... You know, you know, once there's so they've got so much power, and you know, up until that point where the rebels actually do start winning, you know, they didn't need to have the, they didn't have, need to have like these amazing soldiers. All they needed was people in armor to carry blasters to intimidate uh, the locals, as opposed to you know taking down insurgencies, you know, they probably saw any insurgents as, you know, it's like a, it's like a fly, you know, easily swattable, you know, they just turn up with the Star Destroyer, throw, you know, throw garrisons upon garrisons and stormtroopers, inevitably they're going to win, as opposed to, you know, earlier on when, you know, you're phasing out the clones and you're bringing in new, like, conscriptions and, um, and, you know, people signing up, you know, there's going to be a, you know, you're going to have, like, it's going to start out amazing, they're probably going to be fantastic, and then, you know, as the power of the Empire, I mean, I think, I can't remember where I read it, but I did read it somewhere, that the Empire focused on, you know, they, it was more a case of, they just would throw garrisons upon garrisons of stormtroopers into the battlefield, because sheer numbers would win as opposed to, um, you know, brilliant fighting. Uh, I can't remember what I read that one in, but I'm pretty sure I read it in a canon book of some sort. So, yeah, I think, you know, by the time we get to the original trilogy, they didn't need to be amazing soldiers. They just needed lots of them. So, yeah, that's my... Um... So, yes, I would be an Imperial... <laughs> 
because I just don't want to rock the boat. And but I would dream of being a rebel or a pirate. Um, and yeah, there's my there's my take on stormtroopers. Um, so, Anthony, I know you're listening. Um, so uh, yeah, I hope. Um, yeah, I'd like to hear your thoughts, Anthony, on stormtrooper. Um, you know, my uh, on this on the stormtrooper debate. So yeah, um, thank you, Pete, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. And um, may the force be with you, sir. Uh, following on from Pete, uh, we've got uh, Josh from Jan Transmissions. So let's hear what Josh has to say. Hey, Johnny, this is Josh from Jam Transmissions. I wanted to send you a voicemail because you replied enough to send us one of yours. Um, just got home and uh, just finished up a conversation with a guy that I work with. We were talking today about what kind of movies and stuff that we should uh, expect to see or what we'd like to see coming up in the future after Episode Nine kind of wraps up the Skywalker saga. And we got tossing around some awesome ideas and everything you know just like how most fans do and i got to thinking we got disney plus coming up here in november how awesome would it be if they start taking some of these comic book stories and translating some of this same um air into live action i mean would it not be great to see things like dr afra i mean i would love it bt1 and triple O, triple zero. Um, I mean, they would be just so comical on screen. Then you've got like Vader just being able to move so fast and so fluid and so heavy at the same time. Something we didn't get to see too much in anything other than this awesome end of Rogue One scene. And we get to dive a little further into like why he was so feared in like um the Vader comics in 2015, 2017, um finished up in 2018 uh with uh Dark Lord of the Sith and then we have um Dark Visions that just came out this year, a little mini series. What if we could translate that to live action? No, what's your thoughts on some of this? Would we? Would you like to see more of this uh, artistic animation and uh, two-dimensional stuff translated into live, real-world screenplay? And uh, if so, what would you like to see, man? I hope to hear from you soon. Johnny, take care. Uh, always a pleasure to hear from you, and even more so to be able to send you something. Enjoy your show, guys, and may the Force be with you. Thanks, Josh. Um, I love that you were watching Rogue One. That was cool. Uh, <laughs> so, would I want to see comic the comics being added adapt there comics being adapted into live action? No. Um, there's some stuff in those comics that just for me wouldn't fit with live action. But what I would like to see is them to adapt them into. Uh, animated films so kind of like what dc does with their um with the animated dc films um i would love to see them do something like that with star wars um i think i mean i would love to see a live action afra in something but i wouldn't want to see one of her 
comics be adapted into a TV series and have her in it. Um, of course, I think to do the comics, you'd have to do animation, and you could vary the styles up to match the um, to match the comics. Like, if you think like something, you know, what would be really cool if they adapted the Poe. Dameron series, but did it in the same animation style, slightly tweaked animation style, but very similar to Resistance. Because first off, that would be quite cheap for Disney to do, um, because they'd probably want to, if they were going to do it, they want to do it like not very expensive. Um, but I think you can play around with the animation styles. You could. Um, I mean, like, oh, something like, um, some of the Darth Vader stuff and do it in the Galaxy Adventures style, um, would look great. Um, the one thing I wouldn't want them to do is adapt the main Star Wars title. Um, there's just something about that, that I really wouldn't want them to do, like, the full thing. Like maybe do like Vader Down as an animated film would be amazing. Um probably the Screaming Citadel as well. That I mean if they did that kind of like the Dark Knight Returns um animated movie from DC, if they did it in that kind of style, I think that would look nuts and like just scary. Um like You'd have a lot more options to do it in an animated way. And it, oh, you know what? This Dark Visions thing. Like I've not read any of them. I know there was some controversy about was it issue two or issue three. But what if they were to do Dark Visions? Um, kind of like when they did the Matrix Reloaded, not Matrix Reloaded, the Animatrix, the like the animated shorts that came out, that they were all saying like the Matrix universe, that came out just before Matrix Reloaded. That would be sick. That would be absolutely sick. Because <laughs> you could have like, different styles of animation to tell these stories about Vader. Um, Oh, now my head's, like, spinning, because, like, that would be nuts. But, yeah, I think... No, I don't want live action, but I think play around with animation. Because um, they'd be able to keep it cheap. And it gives them so much wiggle room. It would be great. I think it would be fantastic. So, yeah, there we go. Thank you so much, Josh. Um, I'm going to uh, hopefully... By the time this is out, you will have received a voicemail from me for your next show, which is about Rogue One. Um, so, uh, I hope to hear from you soon. I hope you enjoy uh, my answer and, uh, where, and whatever I send you for the Rogue One show. So, thank you very much. And uh, that'll be it for this week. Um Remember, you can find me on Facebook. Just search for My Stars Life Debt and you can join our page. Follow me on Twitter, at BloodyOrm, B-L-O-O-D-Y-O-R-M-E. 
find me on Instagram, instagram.com forward slash mystyleslifedebt, and mystyleslifedebt.tumblr.com. You can sign up to Patreon, as I said before, um, patreon.com forward slash mystyleslifedebt. If you don't want to sign up to Patreon, but you would love to hear my uh, review and commentary of the Styles Holiday Special, you can visit mystyleslifedebt.bandcamp.com and pick that up for the low, low price of £1. And if you would like to get some My Styles Life Debt merch, you can head over to redbubble.com forward slash user forward slash life debt podcast. So that's it for this week. I will speak to you next week and punch it chewy.